apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Home Mortgage, and equal housing lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Annie Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Hey, Joe Biden, I made a mistake 12 years ago and lost a lot of money. Can you get the taxpayers that had nothing to do with it, pay it back? Wait, that's funny. I knew it wasn't their responsibility then, just like it isn't now. Why our president thinks it is, is beyond my know-how. I understand that they got screwed, and I really do feel bad. It's a half a million votes he bought. Isn't that sad? I don't think it will matter. How many he tries to buy? Come this November in 2024, the Dems are sure to cry. I want to take a moment and say how the last the last 10 days have been pretty rough. First Texas, now Tulsa. What the hell is going on with this? Enough's enough. The first this the first the first thing we should do is stop showing them on TV. Don't give these jerks any kind of publicity. They want to be seen, and you are giving them the way, where people have to listen to what they have to say. They say it with bloodshed, murder, and pain. We can stop this now. It's getting insane. Banning nine millimeters is not the answer, Joe. Go home and take your insure. Then maybe you'll know. The gun used in either shooting did not fire a nine. Look, this guy makes gun laws? Are we out of our mind? To vote someone in that has so little a clue, I'm sure a lot that did are now going boo hoo hoo. <laughs> Welcome to Divided We Stand. I am Jim Battisti, and as always, that Greek god of a man over there is Joe Aguirre. Well, I am not sure if you all caught the episode last week, but it was freaking cool, right? We had, uh, if you haven't, you got to go check it out on YouTube. Uh, Facebook, wherever you can find uh, Clovercrest Media. We taped an interview with Paul Mercurio, the comedian from The Late Show. Very, very cool. Please go check it out when you get a chance. All right. So we're going to get into tonight's episode. Now let's get into this. All right. I want to start by saying I once had uh, very expensive items stolen from me. Uh, this was back in 1997 in Okinawa, Japan, actually. All right. I'm 99.9% .9 sure I knew who did it. And when I went and told my NCO, you know what he told me? The words that he told me next resonated with me throughout for the next 25, 30 years. He asked me, number one, did you have your wall locker locked? And I responded, no. And then he said, you just learned a very expensive lesson. Turn around and walked out. And he was right. If I had my wall locker locked, like I was told to, I would still have my item. But I didn't. I was stupid. 
I made a bad decision, and now that item is gone forever. My whole point in all this is I chose not to go to college. I chose to go to the military. I chose not to take on that loan debt. But now I have to pay some of it, some of it back for somebody else? How in the world is this fair? Now, look it. I know that it's pennies on the dollar, right? But they're still my pennies. And I chose not to do that for a reason. I went into the military where I had them pay for my college. So I wouldn't have to take on any more loan debt. But now I'm paying somebody else's back. Joe, please chime in here, buddy. I need you to chime in. Tell me how in the world this is at all fair. So I'm trying to figure out if this is a federally insured and backed loan these people got or if this was private student loans that they got. Because if they're private student loans, then this shouldn't have anything to do with the government. If this is some sort of government program and government loan, uh, you know, that that to me would be not as big of a deal but I understand what you're saying, Jimmy. I, I 100% do. I've heard a lot of talk about debt forgiveness for college loans. I know a lot of people would enjoy that. That doesn't seem to be something that they're really going to do. And this is uh, something that Kamala Harris had. She had already um, gotten these people a whole bunch of money when she was the Attorney General of California. I don't even know how this thing is still going on at, at, at this you. point then, Thank which I, I find a little bit confusing. But, yeah, I, 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 I again, I, I would have to know more about who's who's losing out on this money. And, you know, and, and, and if someone is losing out on the money, is the government doing anything for those companies that are going to have to take a big hit? A huge hit. And who's going to have to bail those companies out, Joe? So Eventually, we probably will as well. Exactly. Thank you very much. <laughs> now, you know what, Joe? I don't want to talk about money so much as I do as, do you think this is a smart political move? Well, sure it is. I mean, 560,000 people are definitely feeling pretty good about the Biden administration, despite the high price of gas and groceries. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Now, listen to this. The, demographics wise, Democrats are normally the more educated people. They have more, they have generally, they have higher degrees than Republicans. On average, they have more, you know, just, they just do. They're more educated. Would you agree with that? Yeah. yeah. Right. Those Democrats still have student loans, Joe. The ones that didn't go to that college, the ones that went to Harvard, Yale, except these very, very, very expensive schools. Don't yeah, my wife went to Cornell, bro. My wife went to yeah, Cornell. Cornell, oh, like fifty grand on that. Expensive school, right? Yeah. yeah. How is she? Does she have student loans? Fifty grand still. Yeah, okay, we're still cool. paying that bad. How boy does down. she feel that Joe Biden only picked these people? Is she sitting there going, "Yo, when's it my turn?" Um, I didn't. What hear about her... my debt forgiveness? What I didn't about hear my her student say loans? that. But again, right? It's something that the Democrats have been talking about for years. The idea of uh, student loan forgiveness. And they really haven't done anything about it. Sketchy Peasant says in 1974, it cost $650 annually for uh, University of California College. Today, it's over $13,000. As a society, we're hindering multiple generations from being able to start small businesses, buy homes, start their lives. Wholeheartedly, so listen, Sketchy. I'm giving you I'll tell you. Applause. I'll tell you what I think. I think if the government wants to be in the business of educating people, post uh high school they should invest in a program like these 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 schools this was devry and itt tech and the the what ultimately happened was they were spending all their money on tv commercials to recruit students and then they just couldn't back themselves up they couldn't get you the job placement they guaranteed for you and so i think now more than ever we need these kinds of schools. 
trade schools and other, you know, but again, legitimate it, trade schools. Ab- yeah, yes, obviously, right. <laughs> legitimate trade schools. Look, The government wants to get involved and regulate those and make sure that there's a standard and that people are getting the education they're supposed to be getting. Because the whole idea, right, we want people to go to school and get trained and learn so that they can go out there and 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 make a living for themselves. So and I've, I've said this for a long time. You know, I think there should be more technical colleges and I think they should be free. You know, or or uh, uh, not free, but, you know, because and again, Jimmy, I'm not a big guy uh, who's into the free stuff, especially with kids. You don't have to charge them a ton of money. You got to have that skin of the game cash, though. Correct. I agree You're, with that wholeheartedly. You know, again, if you wanted to charge these kids $1,500 a semester, that hurts a kid that's 18 years old, 19 years old. Yeah, that's absolutely. a lot of money for them, right? And, you know, my daughter tried to go to school and work a full-time schedule. And I was like, dude, you, I know you can do it. It's a terrible idea. Awful. And when the I semester's over, you're going to be really sorry that you did it. And she was. Because, again, it's one of those things where college is a full-time job. Job, you know, when, you know, you're going to a trade school, that's your job. You're going to spend all your time working at it and practicing whatever it is you're doing, whether it's broadcasting or carpentry or HVAC or whatever you're doing. you got to respect your craft. you got to be able to work on your craft. And so I would like to see. You know, and again, this doesn't have to be a federal government thing. This could be a state by state, state yes, kind of thing yes, where no. develop your programs and make sure that people have job skills. You know, I know they they were they've been doing a lot here in Connecticut with the unemployment, uh, the labor department, um, trying to put people in job training programs so that you get off the teat and you get to working. I'm all for that. You know. Uh, Again, my it's my contention, Jimmy. Nobody wants to live off the teat. Nobody's interested in that. I think everybody on the planet wants to feel like they put in a, a good day of of work that they that they earned the stuff that they have. I think when you're on benefits of some sort, it's because things are going poorly. And Listen, I, I'm sure everybody knows some uh, a welfare queen who's like, ah, I'm, I'm living. They're not living the good life, not for like four hundred thirty dollars a week or whatever it is. They're not living the good life. You know, Joe, okay. you and I have talked about this quite a bit on this show, and I think that we can, I think we actually came to an agreement that people sometimes need sometimes need a freaking helping hand. They yep. need a leg up. And I understand it. I've been in that situation. Uh, I don't know if you have. I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure everybody has once in their life, right? 20 years old, first time living out in his own friggin' without the, you know, outside the military complex, made some bad decisions, car got repoed, you know, stuff like that. And I needed a leg up. And thank God that I was provided one. You know, the military has programs that helps people like me that makes stupid decisions. I had to go through financial training. The Marine Corps did make me go through like months and months of financial training. Right. But I was given a leg up. So I agree a hundred percent with you that people do need a helping hand. I think that we, and I think we actually do agree that we need to limit that. Right. So you have, you, you know, okay, I need to find a job. I need to make something of myself by this date. You know, I, I would agree that trade schools, have been hurting a ton since the uh, uh, IT boom, right? Everybody went to IT. Now you have plumbers making $45 an hour. You have AC techs making $50 an hour. You have, you know, electricians making $50 an hour because they're so, they're, it's still, I mean, it's a, it's a needs-based demand. You're never not going to need an electrician. You're never not going to need an AC guy or a plumber, right? Right. But they're so few in supply that they can charge you a million dollars now, and that's exactly what they're doing. God bless them, because I'm sorry, I'm not I'm not plunging people's toilets, right? So I don't care. I'll pay somebody as much as they want to come fix my crapper, you know. But absolutely, you're. So I think there's a huge opportunity for the state governments right now, and I and applaud you for saying state governments, Joe. By the way. There's a huge opportunity where state governments can take federal, you know, federal money, federal dollars and shift it into state funded programs to get these trades that are in such high demand and so few tradesmen out there. We need to get back to, you know, 
a level playing field, I think, with IT and trades. Not to mention, great- Jimmy, right? A lot of the trades you just mentioned come with apprenticeship programs yes. already. And so it's a natural like, hey, look, even if you've never done carpentry before, you're going to go to carpentry school and then you're going to apprentice under an actual carpenter. So by the time like a year or two has passed, you know what you're doing. And, you and know what I, you're doing. You, again, when you give people a skill and uh, again, a skill that isn't going anywhere, you know, it's just not working in a factory or working in a coal mine is a dead end job. It's eventually going to be automated or it's going to completely be removed from society. You want to be working in trades that will never be automated. There's no robot coming to plunge your toilet. (laughs) No, there's not. You know, again, think about what it is that we do. Us people in the media, you know, we're fortunate that, you know, robots can't write stories and can't do shows and tell jokes. We have to do that. Like, that's what we're here for. And as long as that's the case, we'll always have jobs. And look at now where content creation is everything in media. And so a great skill to have. You know, you and I know how to shoot cameras and do video production. And videos, which people are no clue. Right? It's, It's so important that you have a career and not a job. Thank you. I say that to a friend of mine all the time who has, I mean, if you look at his resume, he's probably got 16 pages of different jobs, right? Bartender, waiter, freaking, you know, stuff like that. And I'm like, dude, when are you going to get a career? Because bartending is not a career. Waitressing and waitering is not a career. Like you need a, like you have a degree. He, By the way, he has a bachelor's degree in freaking chemistry. In chemistry, he's a smart dude. You know, he just doesn't. He's Peter Pan. Yeah, I, I call it the Peter Pan syndrome. And of course, he lives in Never Neverland in San Diego, <laughs> where people just go there and they just never grow up. But yeah, you know, I, I really enjoy talking about that segment because we actually agree on a lot of points there. But I really do need to transition here. We need to talk about this because it. Number one, it's very important. Number two, I am extremely passionate about it now. I have a wife that is a head secretary of an elementary school. I have a daughter who's in high school. I have a son who's in middle school. I have a daughter who's in elementary school. And these freaking shootings need to stop. If it ever came to my wife's school, my wife is the first person at the door. She answers the door. She's going to get a shotgun blast to the face, right? Or an AR-15 blast to the face. Not going to happen on my watch, right? It's just not, right? We need to do something about these school shootings. It is just out of control. And and like I said in my opener, do you remember back in the day, Joe, maybe a decade ago, maybe maybe a little longer, when the guy used to jump the, the stands at Yankee Stadium or, or City Field, Shea Stadium back in the day, and yep. he'd be naked and streaking across the field, and the camera would be like, oh, look at this guy. Well, what happened, Joe, when they stopped showing those idiots on TV? It still happens less frequently, and they don't get the notoriety they were looking for in the first exactly. place. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So these the 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 racist there in uh, Buffalo had a manifesto, and he wanted it read to the world. The shooter in Texas had a manifesto, wanted it read to the world, and we gave them the platform. We we did. We gave them a platform. Yeah. So we need to, first and foremost, we need to stop that. Is it tragic? Is it absolutely? Should everybody know about it? Absolutely. You got to wait a while, right? You don't give these people the notoriety that they want. I think that would be a small but effective deterrent because it's already been proven, right? That's that's something that's already been proven to work as a small deterrent that didn't eradicate it, but lowered lowered the, uh, the occurrences. Right. Number well, two, sure, like, right. If you can't go out and do what you're planning to do, what was the point of what you were doing? Exactly. Yeah, right. no, I'm with you. hundred percent with right. you. Go Number two. two. I am a 20 year Marine veteran. I have trained thousands, tens of thousands of Marines on weapon safety, weapons handling, how to fire, how to shoot. And I, 
I know I'm qualified. I am volunteering. And this is a Republican, Joe, right? I am a Republican that wants to create another branch, that wants to create another department. Unheard of, right? This is goes against everything about why I'm a Republican. <laughs> Let's start the, the Department of School Security. Screw it. I'll volunteer to lead it. I will train. I will train Marines. I will train Marines. I will train veterans, right, on weapons handling, weapon safety, how to shoot properly, you know, all that kind of stuff. And let's put an armed security guard in every school in America, period. If that's not a deterrent, I don't know what is. I know the answer to gun violence isn't more guns, and I'm not, and that's not what I'm proposing. I'm proposing a deterrent. The kids, the kids deserve that, Joe. No, I agree. And, and why we're not doing it right now is beyond me. We can sink money into the stupid misinformation board, which thank God has not come to fruition. But we we can't take care of our kids. We can't protect our freaking kids. What the hell is going on? The, and I'm getting pissed. I, I am because it's 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 such an easy thing we could fix right now. And I think. As a Republican, I really think this is one of those issues that the um, that every every independent Republican and Democrat could come together and maybe for once, Joe, for once he could keep a campaign promise and unite this country behind our kids. But he's not. He's not. And it's such an easy thing we could, they they could do. I I'm getting right, heated. I got I got a couple couple things we've got to address here. Uh, Sketchy says America's only experienced school shootings recently during the past two decades. Why do you think these young people are getting to the point of shooting other people? And then his other question is you specifically, Jimmy, you were in the military. Do you think civilians should be able to purchase semi-automatic weapons? Aren't handguns and shotguns enough for home defense and long rifles for hunting? Let me jump in here first for a second because I want to make a couple of points. The first one... Why are kids shooting each other? It's access to guns. We have a lot of guns in this country. And in most of these situations, these guns were either purchased legally or they were stolen from a parent. So we have a lot of guns. Jimmy, not even I'm not even saying that's a thing I'm even worried about. But that is the number one problem is that to get a gun these days, it doesn't really take much. The second thing about should civilians be able to purchase semi-automatic weapons? My brother owns two AR-15s. I asked my brother the other day. I don't know what answer I was expecting. I said, what did you buy those two AR-15s for? Home defense? And he said, no, that would be insane for home defense. That's what my Glock is for. I said, so what is it, for hunting? He said, no. So my shotgun is for. He said, I like it and I like to shoot it and I take it to the range twice a year and I have fun shooting it. Anybody who needs that for home defense or hunting is an idiot and probably can't even handle that gun. Okay. So I'm going to disagree with you wholeheartedly as you probably assume that I would. And it's not because it's, this isn't a political thing. Okay. I've, I've owned many a guns, right? Nine millimeter, 40, 45s. Go ahead and shoot them at, at somebody down the stairs, right? At that distance. The chances of you hitting them, 50-50, right? Honestly, especially the higher caliber you go, the less accurate it gets, right? So if you go up to a 45 Magnum Dirty Harry, the chances of you hitting somebody from the top of your stairs to the bottom of your stairs, it goes down to about 20%. Do you know what it is when an AR-15? It's about 90%. You have a 90% accuracy rating with an AR-15. Is it for home defense? Yes, it is, right? And I'll tell you why. Because when a little, let's say my wife, who is not a large human being by any stretch of the imagination, picks up a 45 and shoots that thing, even a nine millimeter, Joe, she's going to have 0% accuracy with it. She's just not strong enough. She's not at zero. She picks up an AR-15, doesn't even have to aim and points. That's where it's going to shoot, right? An AR-15 is deadly accurate. And I'm going to use these, I'm going to use these verbs. So everybody gets, and I want to get it across that these are extremely dangerous freaking weapons. 
They're not a toy. They're not something you should just have to be fucking cool, right? It, that, that pisses me off right there, right? You, you're not cool because you own a gun. I'm just letting you know. Owning a gun does not make somebody cool. And if you think you are and you think it does, you never left high school. I'm just letting you know. You probably peaked at high school. But anyways, uh, it is it is more accurate. Now, I will say this. If you have a shotgun in your home, that is the number one home defense weapon with a bird or a turkey shot because that just sprays everything and you're going to hit everything. You're going to hit everything and everybody. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so that is the number one home defense. Plus, the universal sound. <laughs> That's enough. That's a, that's a deterrent right there. You don't even have to have that thing loaded. Yeah. Right? Everybody knows what that sound is. Yep. And you're like, oh, 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 right? Your, your butthole puckers a little bit when you hear that. So that's the number one home defense weapon there is, right? A shotgun. I'll say that up and down. Not a pistol, not, not a rifle, shotgun. Number two is the AR-15, brother. It truly, truly is. I'm telling you right now, go ahead and take a target at the top of your stairs, put it down there. Now, remember, you're under duress. You don't have time to sit there and aim. You got to boom, boom. You're going to miss. You got a 50-50 chance at best with a 9 miller at the top of your stairs to the bottom. AR-15, you have 90. That's confidence, brother. I just, so my thought is, like, who's breaking into your house? Al-Qaeda? Who's, like, what kind of firepower is the other guy bringing into your house to Does rob you? Uh, well, it does a little bit because it's not repetitive. If it matters, listen, those guys were unarmed. They those guys didn't. I don't believe had weapons on them. And what happened? What they do, Joe? Yeah, but uh, again, they murdered my, his entire sure, sure, family. Sure. Joe. My point is, is if he had if he had a nine millimeter handgun, that would have never gotten out of hand. I, I I'm fine with that. I'm just saying that you're not going to be in a shootout where like you've got an AR-15 and the other guy's sitting there with an M16. Like, that's not happening. Like you said, I think the of a shotgun, that guy's like, I picked the wrong house. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go, go back out the way. I I'm going to go back out through the screen door I jimmied open. You, you uh, want me to wrap sure. this up? Okay. I'll, yeah. yeah. For hey, you let too. me lock this for you on the <laughs> way out. Um, Yeah, listen, I, my, my only problem with the AR-15, as I understand it, and in, in, in reading a lot from doctors and nurses in the ER, it is virtually impossible to survive any sort of um, being shot with an AR-15. Your chances of survival are very low. You, you could be shot. You, yeah, I, I, I know, I know why. But you could literally be shot in an emergency room, and they might not be able to save you. Your if if it pierces any of your organs your organ will be dead in about 15 seconds. Your organ will shut down and the damage done to it will be uh, irreparable and you'll die. So I'm going to give you a little bit more gruesome detail. Nine millimeter bullet, 45, 40 millimeter round. They're big enough where they're going to go through and through, right? If they don't hit anything, they're just going to go right through, right? Even if yep. they hit a, a bone, it could still just blast right through. It's a very large round. The AR-15, the 5.56 millimeter ball round, is about this big. Okay, it's tiny. And what it's designed to do is hit a bone, bounce off, hit another yep. bone, bounce off, hit another, and just rip your entire internal organs out. That's it. <laughs> that's yeah. why That's why in the military we use a 5.56 and not the 7.62. Like, it's like the most common round of our enemies, right? It's a very large, chunky bullet. They'll go right through you and we'll just keep on coming at you. Trust me, I've seen it. Yeah. Right. So uh, I, I do want to get back to Sketchy Peasant, and I'm sure this was just a mistake. Right. And, but there, we need to distinguish what a, a, a semi automatic weapon is compared to it, because it's not an, a semi automatic weapon is not an assault rifle. A nine millimeter, a 22 millimeter handgun, which is like this little big, could be a semi automatic weapon. All it means is you pull a trigger. You don't have. There's no external cocking mechanism. There's no. You, all you got to do is pull a trigger. Ba 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 ba. And a round will go. That's all that means. That is a semi-automatic weapon. So, absolutely not. We're not banning any semi-automatic weapons. Timeout. Question: Is an automatic? I hold the trigger and it just keeps shooting. Yep. That's an automatic weapon. You pull the trigger one time. 
This is the Rambo, right? I, this is how I tell people. You just hold that thing down and... Exactly. That's oh, a fully that. automatic weapon. A semi-automatic weapon means you have to pull the trigger, but you don't have to re-engage a cocking mechanism or reload it, right? It's just you pull and it goes pop, 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 pop. Again, that could be a 22-millimeter handgun that's just this big, right? Not an AR-15. An AR-15 is a semi-automatic, but that is an assault rifle. All right? There's a huge difference between an assault rifle and a semi-automatic weapon. Okay? So, do I think they should ban assault rifles, which I'm sure is what you were trying to ask? No, I don't. And what I think there needs to be, again, and I, I think I've hammered on this every single episode, Education, education, education. I have four guns in my house. I have a mentally disabled child in my house. And he knows what he can and can't do because I've educated him. My daughter, who is extremely smart, is extremely clever, and is extremely maniacal. <laughs> She's just evil. Who turned who turned nine two days ago? Happy birthday, honey. And my son. Yeah, happy turns, birthday to that little monster. Oh my gosh, she's evil. I love her. You know, my, my, my son turns 12 in three days, by the way. Uh, oh. Yeah. Very so cool. it, it's a June is a good month, except for my wallet, because June 6th is also my wedding anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> so the first six and the six, all I'm I'm like already That's broke. Insane. Wow. Wow. So I'm broke by May 15th. For yeah, June. sounds you about know right. <laughs> yeah. And then Mother's Day is coming up. Right. So you can't I, I wouldn't ban semi-automatic weapons it, it, because now you're getting into the I, I never subscribe to the argument that the guns killed people. Guns don't kill people. People have to use a tool to kill another person. A gun is just a tool. That's it. It's an easy, convenient, accessible tool. So is a knife. Yeah. Right. Nobody's banning knives. Right. I mean, so we didn't we didn't ban pressure cookers after the Boston Marathon. <laughs> Thank you very much. So, uh, uh, no, we shouldn't ban any. Should we ban fully automatic weapons? Oh my god, dude! I, I think we've there's been a ban like forever, right? For the ban lapsed, but yeah, we did have one for a really long time. For and, fully, and they. For, for fully automatic weapons, yeah, that, that's just ridiculous. There's no problem. Yeah, the, as a military person who has fired these, there's just no reason. That's just crazy, right there. But a semi-automatic, even a rifle, even an AR-15, that's not out of the question. It is an extremely good home defense weapon for people. Joe, you can wield a 44, brother. I can freaking shoot a 45. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we're strong enough. We're big enough. We're burly enough where we can sit there and hold and. Take that recoil. We can do that. My wife can't. Do you know which recoil is in an AR-15? That's it. There's hardly any. Right? There's hardly any. It is, it's in, I believe it is imperative for people that can't use large handguns like we can. But that's just my opinion. Should you be able to buy an AR-15 at 3 o'clock, kill your doctor at 5 o'clock with the weapon you purchased two hours ago? Now, we've talked about gun laws, right? We've talked about it, and I've already said, look, background checks, mental health checks, right? I believe these are imperative. Why are we selling guns to people with mental health problems, right? That's just lunacy. Like, you're just asking. <laughs> you're asking for trouble, Right? Hey, you know what? I'm going to hand out all these Zippos to all the arsonists that I found. Yeah, I mean, you're just asking for trouble. So there needs to be a, a comprehensive mental health check. There needs to be a comprehensive uh, background check. I don't believe the FBI should be doing it. That's not a department for the FBI to be handling. If you want anything, the, whole, the Department of Homeland Security could be handling that, right? But not the FBI. The FBI is too busy. That's why it takes a freaking year in New York City to get a weapon. So we, we can we, we we have departments that are out there, like the Homeland Security. They're ginormous that they could do that, right? We could run all those background checks. The gun law, the gun loop laws, right? The gun shows and stuff like that, that's garbage too. I mean, guys, I'm not going to lie to you. I bought a freaking 9 millimeter out of the back of a trunk in Virginia, and it was perfectly legal. 
I mean, literally. Yep. So should there be stricter gun laws? Probably. Probably. Well, so, you know, it's funny. Frank, Frank's, that's his comment. The gun laws need to be changed. Which ones and to what, I guess, would be my question for Frank. What do you mean the gun laws need to be changed? Again, how would gun laws have prevented Buffalo, Orlando, Tulsa, Sandy Hook? These were all legally owned and purchased weapons. Correct. Right. And so well, right. gun laws Jimmy, would not Jimmy, the way I see it, we got it's somewhere between banning guns outright and mental health prevention, somewhere in the middle of that. Right? Steve Hostetler is a left-wing comedian, and he does this whole bit about uh about guns, and he talks about he says, listen, if and, and I'm not picking on the Second Amendment people, he goes, but you all know somebody, you probably know him from down at the range, where you're like, oh, shit, that guy should not have a gun. It's the <laughs> same person who we're talking about when we say we want to ban guns. It's the same thing. Now, again, I don't believe in corporal punishment. You can't punish the group. And I say it after every shooting. I say it every time. we. I, I am against banning weapons. I do think we have to talk about accessibility to guns because I think there's a lot of them. I think a lot of people who own guns have a lot of guns, too many guns, you could say, to the point where one could kind of go up missing and you don't even notice it's gone until you found out your kid just shot up to school. That's where your gun is. Well, so there are there are laws on the books that should have prevented this, right? There are storage laws. There are, you know, stuff like that. You have to store your weapon safely, et cetera, et cetera. And if it's proven not to be, you can't get fined, your weapon seized, et cetera. So there is no enforcement of that, number one, right? I mean, come on. They're not enforcing red lights here. They're not going to enforce that crap. Uh, number two, again, education, 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 right? There, there's no way out of this except to educate the people of exactly what handguns can do what you should be doing with them how you should be storing them etc etc otherwise this is the shit that happens right this is the crap that happens you need to educate and hold accountable and i mean that's really except for getting every gun out of the you know out of america that's really all we can do at this point minus going after all the illegal guns that are on the street right now when I become president, I will ban guns and the annoying orange and guns with magazines and violence, video games with guns and dogs and cars and songs with bad words that make people criminals. I think that person, I don't know who that even is, but I think that's, that's a, that's pretty that's a, funny. It's an attempt at satire. If I'm yeah, not mistaken, I'm laughing at it. Yeah. Uh, America has 120 guns per 100 people. The next country has 62 guns per 100 people. We do. We have a lot of guns. They're easy to get. Um, I There's a couple of thoughts that I have on this. Number one, um, and I don't know how you feel about this, Jimmy. I'd be curious your thought. Um, I think some states do this. I think all states should do this. A cooling down period in situations of domestic violence. and. You know, again, this is a temporary. We're going to just take your guns just to make sure everybody's cool, right? Um, to be clear, there has to be evidence that the the person with the guns made some sort of threat or uh, is in some way, you know, credibly, um, credibly um, it's a aggressive. Viable threat. You know what I'm saying? Right? A viable threat. There you go. I asked my brother about it. My brother didn't like the idea of that because he was like, you know, and then they end up holding out of the guns. No, 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 no. I'm saying we, we got to, it's 48 hours or whatever it is. And then you got to go down to the police station. They talk to you. They make sure you're cool. And then you get your guns back because crimes of passion tend to happen when guns are accessible. And again, at 120 guns per 100 people, if you want a gun, to shoot someone who you're very upset with in that moment, you could probably get your hands on one and do it. Where maybe an hour from now, cooler heads would prevail and you wouldn't. I think that's fine. I like the idea of a gun registration. It doesn't have to be a national thing. It could be a state thing. It wouldn't hurt the police to know what guns are in your home when they have to come to your home for a visit. So I'm confused because all my guns had to be registered. 
Actually, you know, I, minus my shotgun. Like I assume, right, right. I assume most guns, but again, I just I was doing a podcast earlier with a buddy of mine from New Hampshire. Uh, there's no gun laws in New Hampshire. Yeah. I mean, you know, oh, in Connecticut, I had, to register, I had to register my serial numbers of my, my shotgun, right? With a oh, state. wow. Okay. So Connecticut's different, right? But yeah, Missouri, there's no gun laws. You don't, have a pro- you you don't have a problem with that, though, right? I mean, I know people are like, I don't want them to have my information. It's like, I think the cops should know if they have to go to your house on a domestic violence call, if you've got 15 guns. They should know that. They should be able to look at him and be like, all right, let's handle this guy delicately. He's got guns. Because, again, cops can can tend to incite situations. And, again, if I've got all the information and I know who I'm dealing with, this guy's a bit of a hothead. You know, if I upset him and he's like, I got to go to the bathroom for a minute, he's probably going to get it. Yeah. Everybody knows I have a little bit of a temper. Right, uh, yeah. a small, small little bit. Right, uh, I have guns in my house. Are the police more intimidated coming in here at a domestic disturbance? Are they more on edge? Could they cause more damage at that point? Because they know, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, look, I'm playing you know, devil's funny. advocate it, here, guys. Honestly, I don't know. in in my experience with the police, when they know what's going on beforehand, if you're very like you get pulled over, you're like, ah, I was speeding, I know it. Much cooler situation. It's like I the right away they feel like they're dealing with someone who's being honest. Any weapons yeah. or drugs in the car? No, officer. I'm just a, a speeding clown. And he believes you because you're already being honest. And so it, I think it sets a better situation. Gosh. Everybody, you know, again, I, I think back to my my one of my least favorite of the of the BLM shootings, if you will, was Philando Castile. Like I'll, I'm licensed to carry this grab your license okay bam and they shot him and it's like oh no we can't do that we can't do that the guy was doing what you're supposed to do i have a gun i'll show you my license don't keep your license on the same side as where the gun is apparently but registering guns letting the cops know when they come to a house who's got guns i don't think any of those things are burdensome to gun owners and I think for most gun owners, if you feel like, hey, schools are a little safer if we're doing these things, we're not talking about banning or taking guns away or any of that crap, but just being more responsible because more we have so many right? guns. That's, I think, all anybody can ask for because you're right, Jimmy. This is a moment in America where I, I, it seems people on both sides are like, enough of this. There's got to be a way. Again, I hear the Democrats talking about the the straw man loophole, universal background checks. Great, do that too, but that doesn't solve the problems. It wouldn't have prevented any of these shootings at all. I don't. I don't want them to just to to do something again. Frank says, change the gun laws to what? So again, my solution: deterrence, deterrence, deterrence. Put an armed freaking highly trained specialists in every school in America. I honestly believe, yes. Is that going to raise people's taxes? Absolutely. Sorry for you. Is anybody going to care? Honestly, would anybody care? Oh, my kid's going to be extremely safe now in that school. I don't have to worry about school shooters. You want my freaking pennies on a dollar? Here you go. A classic, put your money where your mouth is. If you're really concerned uh, about your kids. I really... Really love this segment. We didn't argue too much, unfortunately, for our viewers. Uh, I think we had a very productive conversation. So we need to take a break. And when we come back, as always, Joe's two minutes of crap. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, Call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. So 
Even before this recent spat of racially motivated shootings, a new poll found seven out of ten Republicans believed in the idea that constitutes the great replacement theory. Clip one, not pick one. Clip one? Is that at the bottom? Yep. Sorry, man. Let's open Jews will not replace us. Jews will not. So, you know the conspiracy theory. This was heavily referred to online postings uh, that were purportedly left by the Buffalo shooter who claims that political forces, i.e. the Democrats, are intentionally changing the demographics of the country just to affect elections. And here's the thing. It's not just right-wing media at this point that's spewing this garbage it's also republican politicians and you know the ones i'm talking about now almost half of self-identified republicans 47 percent responded that census projections estimating white people become a minority within 25 years are either negative somewhat negative or very negative for the country 67 percent of republicans polled believe the country's demographic changes are being orchestrated by liberal leaders actively trying to leverage political power by replacing more conservative white voters. Yes, this is the same group that had a Supreme Court seat stolen from them. They're not good at procedure. 49% of Republicans said they believe there is a group of people in this country who are trying to replace native-born Americans with immigrants who agree with their political views which is why many of you think that liberals are for open borders. In April, the New York Times outlined how Fox News anchor Tucker Carlson has spent the last year pushing his own bland brand of replacement theory, which he argues is not a racist belief. Because really, who could imagine Tucker Carlson being a racist? But it gets worse. This past April, Brandon Judd, he's a federal border patrol agent, and he's the president of the Border Patrol Council, he appeared on Fox News and pushed the idea America's demographic changes are deliberately being orchestrated by Democratic politicians. Yes, even Border Patrol believes that's true. 67% of Democrats responded, Republicans are a threat to this country. 63% of Republicans said the same thing about Democrats. Yes, the gun guys are worried about the anti-gun guys. Okay, now, this poll also found a sizable proportion of younger Americans view political violence as justifiable. When asked whether they approve of participating in a political revolution, even if it's violent in its ends, 45% of Republican men and 42% of male Democrats under 50 said they approve. Fewer women approved of political violence, as did men in both parties over the age of 50. Don't bring your hand, your handheld copy of the Constitution to a gunfight. You're talking to me. <laughs> now, the poll suggests many Americans fear for the future of this republic. 44% of Americans agree the U.S. seems headed toward a civil war in the near future, including 53% of Republicans and 39% of Democrats. But like Axel Rose said, I don't need your civil war. It feeds the rich while it buries the poor. It's time to cut the bullshit before we get past the point of no return. I'm going to tell you right now, liberals don't hate America. And they're not trying to change the demographics of this country. They're not smart enough, even if they wanted to. I know a lot of people think liberals hate America. It is just not true. They have a different vision for the future than you do. And you can disagree with them all you want without hating. That's what Jimmy and I do every single friggin' Friday. Well done, Joe. I actually would come out here and try to bash you like I normally do. <laughs> but I can't this time. Um, I will say this. If Tucker Sar Carlson is your source then we got some problems, brother. Like I said, I can't even talk about this, right? Like as a true conservative, right? As a true Republican, I don't even watch Tucker Carlson. So I don't, I can't even speak 
to what he's saying, right? I apologize. I probably should have. I, I, my fault. Like, I just don't subscribe to their just absolute opinionated political BS, okay? I will say this, though. If you read H.R. 1, the new eight, well, the one that they, they're never getting that passed, right? But the H.R. 1 bill was to allow certain people the, the right to vote. Okay, and one of them are illegal immigrants. Do I think that the Democrats are trying to change this country in a uh, uh, get rid of all the Democrat, the Republicans type way, replace all the white people? No, that's just ridiculous. Number one, you can't. Right? If anybody says that white people are becoming the minority, you're wrong. All right, seventy three percent. Look around. Right, yeah. like seventy three percent of this country is still right. Seventy three. So let me put that out there. All right. So number one, they're not doing it. I do believe, and I have said this on the show a couple of times, that they do want the open borders. They do want the people to in the, come in here and then they get them on the social programs and then they try to win their votes. I honestly, I mean, this has been a, this has been a formula for the Democratic Party for a while. Now it's just allegedly a, allegedly. And now it's just in a huge influx that they can't control anymore. OK, and. So I do believe that they are trying to buy votes, right? I, I believe that. I've said that a million times. I don't believe they're trying to change the demographics of America. I, all right, that's this whole conspiracy theory thing, man. Like I, I, I listen to Ben Shapiro every once in a while, not religiously. Every once in a while, I flip him on. You know, I watch Fox every once in a while. I read, you know, the New York Post. Uh, I'll sometimes flip through the New York Times, but. I've never actually heard about this big theory, big change theory. I mean, I've heard little bits and here and there, right? But the majority of the time that I've heard about this, it was more along the lines of the HR1 bill that I just explained to everybody what the way I think about it, right? Again, Joe, they're not changing the color of this country. You can't. So, Jimmy, you know, it's funny you say that, right? I, I kind of deep dove into this subject um, I've been hearing a lot of obviously since the Buffalo shooting a lot about it. I I don't watch Tucker Carlson um, ever. So I uh, apparently he's he's had about 400 episodes in the last two years on replacement theory. You know, he does have his specials. That I, oh, yeah. I don't watch yeah, that when, when he listen, when he gets on a topic, you can bet there's 400 shows coming <laughs> on that topic. Um, and I can listen as someone who's done a daily show in my life. Yeah, it's hard to do. Uh, so beating the, the same drum. Yeah, you're good. Uh, <laughs> here's sketchy. White people are the minority in California. Eventually white people will be the minority in America over time. Interracial marriage was illegal. Conservatives want America to look like the fifties. Some do. Yeah. Um, I, I, here's what I was going to say. I was stunned Jimmy to see that seven in 10 Republicans believe in replacement theory. You're obviously in that three out of 10. Uh, that don't believe it. Do you, you know you every often, time? But you always hear conservatives talk about how good things were back in the fifties, which again is conveniently just before the civil rights era, uh, and why some people are like, "Whoa, dude, geez." <laughs> I've never heard anybody say back in the fifties because now we're getting past Jim Crow era because now we want to live through Jim Crow again. Fuck you, you know that's just not going to happen. Well, right? That's what Number I'm one. saying. That's an odd time to like <laughs> the sixties. That's an odd. You know, I. I don't know, man, right? I wax poetic about the early 70s, maybe. <laughs> I will say this, though. On all fairness, Joe, every time I bring up a poll, what do I say? People polled. I never say all Republicans because it doesn't, they're not all, they, what do they poll? A thousand Republicans? Yeah. And that's supposed to represent all of us? And that's, you know what I'm saying? I don't like polls in that regard. I don't, you know, and I, I, I so that's why I always specify of yep. the people polled, seven out of ten of them believe that this is crazy nonsense. So just because I don't want to misrepresent anybody, right? Like and I again, said. I'm giving I'm giving accurate numbers according to this poll. And again, there's a plus or minus four and a half or whatever it is. I, we always talk about the fringe lunatics. Yes, and this replacement theory has become a very mainstream topic and again it's not just the tucker carlson's of the world that are pushing this uh the oh god what's her name elise 
uh, Stefanik from New York. Yeah, yeah Stefanik. She um wouldn't wouldn't condemn white supremacy this week uh, after the shooting in Buffalo. Like that's a weird thing to. Really? Yes, that's that's like a, a weird no brainer. Yeah, right here, what I'm gonna put it. That? I'm gonna put this on a T. Just say you're against white supremacists, and you're like, yeah, dude. All right. Bam! That's I, that is the easiest softball question. I wish Trump. people would ask me questions like that. Yeah, right. Jeez. But there are there are a lot of there are a lot of Republican politicians who won't condemn the white supremacy, who won't condemn the violence, and then complain on the other hand about the shooting of Stephen Scalise at that baseball game a few years ago. And it's like, dude, nobody should be for. I, I was stunned to see. 45 and 42% of Republicans and Democrats under 50 are cool that. with, with political, like that's, that's that. What is going on here? Why you gotta, violence? But I'm saying to right so acceptable Joe. Well, because with all these school shootings, people are like, we got to stop the violence. Like I'll kick his ass to like, no, <laughs> no, don't kick somebody's ass to make them stop. Like, no, like we're, we're way off here. And I think the, the worst part was, to see that 53% of Republicans in this poll believe that we're closing in on a civil war in the imminent future, and worse than that, 40% of Democrats. Yeah, so I told you this probably a month ago, right? I told you that uh, we're heading for a civil war. I told you this, but I told you it's not bang, bang, right? It's not the guns. It's not friggin', you know, the South versus the North. It's going to be a corporate civil war. Okay. I said this months ago. Sounds like right? we got Disney already, right? Exactly. So Nike is going to be <laughs> the left. Reebok, or like, even if they make like Adidas will be the right. You know, Coke is going to be the left. Pepsi is going to be the right. You guys can have Pepsi. That, that is the civil war that we're going to be going through, I believe. That and, makes you know, me I, feel I, better to hear that. I might be wrong, right? I hope I, it's I, that. I, I honestly don't believe that we're going to their guns, right? We're not killing our, we're not going through that kind of a civil war anymore. Well, it's Jimmy, just the way this country's laid out now, it would be really hard yeah. <laughs> to separate the who's who. How would you, we'd yeah. have to go back to wearing the blue and the gray. Exactly. Otherwise you wouldn't know. And you know what, Joe? There's also, Jimmy, right? Jimmy, they would think that you're on our side. It, yeah. They would. And you'd be like, no, 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 no. Oh, speaking of which, speaking of which, Joe, I've noticed that you changed our position on divided we stand here. So I'm under the blue and you're under the red. Did you do I've, that on purpose? I've been having some mixed feelings of late. Oh, okay. I uh, then by so have I actually, but by all means, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Believe it or not, um, what were I just wanted to say something here about your point that you just brought up, and I can't remember now, but. I still believe, Joe, that I can completely stop this situation. Not completely, but bring it down to a grinding halt. Just give me the just give me the manpower and the resources. Don't even give me the manpower. I'll find the manpower. Number one, creating how many more jobs? <laughs> right? Helping the economy, getting money back into the circulation, creating more jobs. That's me. Remember this, people, when I start running for office, creating more jobs, Jimmy Batiste. <laughs> I bet you, I bet you there's federal grant money that we'd be able to get our hands on to, I guarantee to pay for some of these to pay for some of these security guards at every single school. Yes. I would love a blue state like Connecticut, right? I mean, let's face it, there's not one Republican in the state in state or federal level, right? But I so I would really love it if Connecticut could get on board with this idea and become the spearhead because that would show the entire country. Yes, we're freaking blue. Yes, we hate guns, but you know what? Our kids are worth it. You know, and I think this is an opportunity, a huge opportunity for any politician on either side of the aisle, even Joe freaking, I don't remember what I ate for breakfast, Biden, right? Joe, come on, man. He called a nine millimeter... What a nine millimeter bullet, a weapon of war. Come on, dude. I he doesn't know what, and I mean, I understand he probably doesn't even know what a gun is. So I won't, I won't, I won't rack that up to senility. I'll rack that up to his just ineptitude about handguns. 
All right, how about that? I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, I don't think it's is a problem that can't be solved. And I don't think it's a problem that can't be solved together, more importantly. So it would be I nice know. to see them tackle this in a bipartisan fashion. How do I get a how do I get an audience on the on the floor? And I'll I'll tell you what, Jimmy, I think honestly, if the Republicans I don't mean to acquiesce too much, and again, we're not talking about banning guns, but if they were to come across the table and institute some sort of change to try to limit these shootings. Everybody expects the Democrats to do it. Everybody expects the Democrats to try to do that. No one thinks the Republicans are going to do it. True. And so if the, if the Republicans acquiesce and they do it, who's going to look the hero come November? The Republicans. It's not going to be the Democrats because you yeah. expected that already. It's going to be. So again, I think this is a there's a there's a major benefit to the Republican Party being like, you know what? Yeah, we've had enough. We're not going to ban guns, but let's talk about limiting access or registering or whatever. Maybe the logical next. And I don't pretend to know, Jimmy. I don't. Like I said, I I don't want to ban guns. I'm a little. I don't necessarily love a registry, but if it you know a national registry. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I I've got kids in all sorts of schools and colleges all over the place. And I fear for them every single day. And, you know, I remember uh, the day after my kids went back to school, I think it was the following Monday after Sandy hook. And I dropped my kid, my two daughters um, in 2012 were, were in um, middle school and I dropped them off and there was a cop sitting out front. And as my kids walked towards the school, I just started crying. Like, like seeing the cop there made me feel good. It made me feel like my kids were especially safe that day. And I'd like to think that every day when I drop them off, that they're safe and protected. And I don't care how much that costs. There's probably some jobs at town hall that could be eliminated. If this is a, a financial situation, you know what I'm saying, Joe, there are a lot of corners that we could cut right now. There are a lot of projects or a lot of freaking policies out there that we could cut that have absolutely not done anything in the past 40 freaking years. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Where we could just protect our God dang kids, people. What? I don't understand. And no, banning guns is not the answer. You're hundred percent right, Frank. Frank and Joe and I have agreed to this throughout the entire show tonight. We don't yeah. ban guns. That's not going to be the answer. Frank is clearly drunk. <laughs> and I know he's armed, and I'm fine with that. Um, don't go anywhere, though, buddy. Ban on guns is not the answer. And I agree. <laughs> no, and there's not still a cop at the school. You know, the, I, my kid's school there, uh, the middle school has a resource officer who's there, like, a lot of the time. But... I think if you were planning a school shooting and you knew the school, you probably know when that dude's not going to be there. Yeah. And, and you know what? There's like one resource office officer per district. Right. So that one resource officer is going to three different elementary schools in Plainville. One, you know, high school and they're, they're spreading their time. That's yeah. not enough. Yeah. Nah. All we, I got to do is sit outside one... the elementary school and wait for that guy to leave. Again, dude, right? I mean, how much surveillance would it take to be like, oh, look, Gene's leaving in his Ford Bronco. I'll <laughs> give him five minutes to get across town and I'll do my thing. So, yeah, again, I, I think you need um you need a licensed security guy of some sort. I mean, highly trained. Again, highly you talk about the like ex-military guys. I'll take a couple of Rambos in the school. You know, I, I was actually talking about this with my wife, right? Because we're pissed, right? We're we're parents. We're just pissed. And then she was like, yeah, that's what you want. A bunch of PTSD idiots out there running around with guns. And I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't think about that. Maybe we can't have military guys <laughs> running around with PTSD, having flashbacks, kicking kids off the swing set and stuff. <laughs> so maybe, maybe we'll find some good people. But... <laughs> Uh, Frank says he's not drunk. He just has fat fingers. And also they, they did do a, a, a lot on speaking at real. Make sure you check out yeah. that show. If you check out this one, I think you'll really enjoy it. Also, Frank says uh, they do have cops at every school in Miami, but I feel like that's always been a thing. 
in Miami. All I'm saying, Frank, is that you have to agree with me. It's a great deterrent. We should put a highly trained armed security guard in every freaking school in this country run by me. I'm volunteering for Joe Biden right now, right? The Department of Homeland Security, and we can run it out of there. We're creating jobs. We're creating safety, you know, and it, it's just a better. Tell me another plan that's better than that. And I'll listen to it. Believe me. Shots fired. <laughs> you know, funny. Uh, we had Frank on our show. And Carlos. Yeah. No, no uh, reciprocal invitation ever sent out by our friends at Speaking It Real. I'm just I, putting it out there. I, I think that uh, they're a little intimidated, right? They're a little intimidated could be. by us. I right? bet you that's what it we is. We got the facial hair. I got a tiny bit. This is a lot for an Asian, by the way. <laughs> right? I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, Joe. It was great to talk to you again, right? It's been a couple weeks, I think. Yeah. Right? Since we've done this show, we did we taped one last week. It was a great show. Be sure to go and check that out. Um, and then before that, we had COVID. So, yeah. So, uh, so it's great to be back with you. It's great to be on the air once again. I love talking to Frank and uh, having Frank come on and sketchy, and I, I missed it. I did. So, but it was uh, great talking to you. I know we're got to cut our time short here. We have to play one more word from our sponsor, and that's going to be our show. So, for Joe Aguirre, I am Jim Battisti saying good night and God bless. Mm-hmm.